All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back Max, to I mean, these are kook, episode. Cult, demons, um, I don't know how many because I don't really keep count I mean, these of the no real libertarian scum, show. Wild, uh, crazy, and I am joined by uh, just like the Nazis, the Soviets, all of them. Pol Pot killing 31 uh, of or the two other euros from the uh, three euros bitching about politics episode. Welcome, lads. Hi. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Fine, fine, fine. Yeah, I've been up since five, so I'm a bit tired, but otherwise I'm fine. Perfect. All right. Um, so we are here to, well, essentially once again bitch about politics, uh, but also to just kind of update the situation or situations as they are uh, developing. Um, because apparently last time people listened to it, so... Uh, We'll just go over it again. Um, we are going to do the same thing as we did last time. So we start at like the least worst situation uh, and we build up to the worst situation. Uh, we're going to quickly look back at what the situation was when we last talked and then get into what the situation has become now and we're expecting it to become. Um, so shit has happened everywhere since we last talked and well, as usual, it's kind of on a scale of uh, basic neoliberal stuff to uh, damn near communist hellhole stuff. Uh, so, I guess I will go first uh, with the situation in the Netherlands. Um, so, the last time we talked, uh, I said there was a minor scandal about the uh, notes of the uh, formation uh, leaking out. Well, this has in turned to a rather larger scandal with also likely uh, much larger consequences. So, the whole scandal was that the uh, there was a, a note that leaked from one of the um, formation uh, uh, informer, informers, whatever, like the people that do the whole process. Um, which said uh, position Omtzigt elsewhere Omtzigt is the name of one of the members of parliament who was responsible for uh, bringing right, this whole massive tax affair uh, scandal that we talked about earlier which uh, I think yeah yeah so before that before, since the last time we talked the cabinet also fell over that the coalition fell but I think that we knew that already. Um, anyway, uh, this turned into a massive deal. Um, pretty much the entire par parliament um, signed a notion of disapproval. Um, except, of course, the party of the prime minister, uh, which also won the elections, by the way, this time around. Um, and then uh, a uh, notion of distrust was also filed signed by all of the opposition parties. So none of the coalition parties signed it, so it didn't go through. Um, but yeah, basically the opposition unanimously went with it, uh, which if it would have gone through would be a pretty big deal, would pretty much force the prime minister to step down. Um, like you just cannot stay on after a motion of distrust. Um, so uh, basically... 
what complicates everything is that with the current existing coalition parties, there is still a majority in parliament for, well, anything really. However, one of the coalition parties has said that they do not longer wish to uh, be part of the, or they don't wish to work together with the prime minister's party anymore. Um, so now they don't have a majority anymore. And really any of the opposition parties aren't particularly eager to work with the current prime minister's party either. So that means that um, we are kind of in a who will blink first situation. Um, will the prime minister step down first or will some coalition or opposition party uh, blink first and uh, decide that they will actually um, get coalition with the current ruling party? Um, I think that option two is more likely than option one because our prime minister has been adamant that he has done nothing wrong and anything that can be um, any uh, well any any wrongdoing is simply the result of uh, an innocent mistake uh, because he just forgot what they talked about uh, in these formations um, so what we're really just looking at is a very long formation process um, I think elections here have been a month ago, maybe even some more by now. And, uh, well, there's no reason to suspect that we are going to have a new coalition anytime soon. I think last time around, it took two thirds of a year for a new uh, coalition to parliament. And I think we might be looking at a year. Um, considering the state of the Netherlands, that's not even that bad. Because it really just means that uh, the current status quo can't fuck up shit much more. Because things will be still ruled by uh, a demissionary cabinet. So they will still do, well, administrative stuff essentially just keep the country running. Um, and then um, they won't be passing any new laws. So... That's pretty much the situation over here. Uh, so, yeah, large scandal relatively for the Netherlands, but really uh, nothing too crazy. All right, so I think uh, from here we should probably move on to Germany because I believe there was some quite big scandal uh, uh, relating to press freedom and such. Um. I'm not familiar with the press freedom. I haven't seen that in the news. What I've been paying attention to is uh, one called Wirecard, was a uh, the largest one of the largest payment processors for the internet. They started they started off doing uh, the payment processing for like uh, Pornhub and OnlyFans and stuff like that. They were the only ones that would do the porn sites. Yeah. Um, they ended up getting really big. Uh, somewhere around a 28 billion euro market cap. And they were, they were bigger than the biggest bank over here, Commerzbank. Yeah. And then it came out, they didn't have any money. Oh shit. <laughs> and this was after Merkel had went to China 
and lobbied for China to accept them as a payment processor. So, oh shit. Here's the here's the thing though is for 20 years Germany their uh our finance ministers there's pretty extensive audits in the banking industry here in Germany. It takes about 3 months for them to do at the beginning of every year they have to go through everything. There these are filed with an independent firm who corroborates them and then passes them off to the German government, who then goes through them and signs them. So how did this business go 20 years with a massive market cap and have no money? And this continue on and continue on. Uh, today, our finance minister is testifying before the Bundestag. And he and he's saying, oh, no, no, no. We uh, The government has no fault in this. And, <laughs> and this is uh, Martin Schultz, uh, the the SPD uh, chancellor uh, candidate for SPD. Well, on Friday, Angela Merkel has to testify before the Bundestag mm-hmm. over this. Yes. Uh, now, the chances of these people actually getting trouble into trouble over this, I think, is pretty slim to none. the The coalition is going to last on until the elections in September. Um, so I don't think that anything's really going to come of this. There's been over 300 hours of testimony so far and our news media over here is just, they're worthless. You could go to any German news website and look for this and there's no details. They don't post any of the details of these hearings. Uh, what's actually, you know, gone on now, a bunch of the lower level people have already resigned all across the coalition right. and, and a bunch of different departments. Um, you know, most nobody's ever heard of these people. Huh. And I think that they're just being scapegoated, you know, to kick them out. And uh, DeGruna and uh, AFD are the ones that are really hammering this home. And what was kind of interesting is that CDU and CSU had put forth that SPD, which is the the second member of the coalition, take the blame for this. Uh huh. That's gonna that go. Yeah, that that really um, kind of set SPD off because they wanted Martin Schultz to take the the blame, and him to <laughs> to to take it all. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> It'd be, I'm, I'm kind of curious on how this is actually going to affect the elections come September. Are the people going to actually vote out CDU? I don't see it happening. Mm. And yeah. because CDU has been in power for how long now? I think Merkel has been... 16 years. Jesus Christ. Shit. Oh, it can end very suddenly, but it doesn't happen out of the blue. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's not running again. She's retiring. Um, About fucking time. Yeah. Uh, CDU has now nominated Amin Laschet uh, as their uh, chancellor candidate. Now, he's also wrapped up in another scandal with masks. He gave his son, his son's uh, company, a, a mask contract to make masks. They got billion, two billion euros, and they never made the masks. Oh wow! 
And th- this is another <laughs> this is another big scandal that's going on, where it looks like these mask mandates that have been going on in Germany might be tied to the fact that these politicians have been taking bribes. Because we oh, went because we went from oh any masks are okay to all of a sudden we all have to wear medical masks or FFP2 masks. And then all the, a bunch of politicians in the coalition have been taking kickbacks and bribes from the manufacturers of these masks. The thing about that is that there is a legitimate reason for that. And that's the British variant, which uh, is about 10 times more virul- virul- uh, excuse me, virulent. So the quote masks don't actually work that well with it. Uh, so they can wipe their ass with that fact. Well, we have some nonsensical mask mandates over here. Like uh, in my city, um, outside, in a, in a strip of about two kilometers long, we have to all wear masks. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. And the masks are only required in this two kilometer strip from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Coronavirus takes Sundays off. Yeah, I mean, just like everything else in Germany, it works on a timesheet. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it has to file a, a report every week. Uh, file no doubt. The how else is going to get the salary? <laughs> and then let me let me parlay that into this next uh, thing. Yesterday, the Bundestag amended the Infection Schutzgesetz, which is our infection uh, rules, the laws. Right. They they want to take the power from the different German states and give it all to Angela Merkel to have her make the decisions on what everybody has to do. In this, they have decided that our lockdown will continue to the end of June. The whole the whole country is going under curfew. Uh, they're limiting gatherings to five people from two households. It was. In my in my state, ten people from two households. Um, everything's remaining closed. Um, I live pretty close to the city of Frankfurt. Our uh, the oldest art cinema just went under. Been there since uh, nineteen sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Nightclubs are opening here next week, so come on over. <laughs> uh, we're not allowed to leave the country. You're Don't not tell them. To fucking leave the country? Jesus Christ. Nope, we're not allowed to leave the country. Uh, nobody is. Unless unless you uh, show papers for your legitimate reason for leaving. Yeah, and a vacation. the reason is Sunny Beach, Bulgaria. <laughs> I, I <laughs> wish. The money. We need the money. Tourism is dead. <laughs> we don't make anything else here except for money and guns, uh, for tourism and guns. So and, and cigarettes. So um, with this going on, the Freie Deutsche uh, Demokratische Partei is suing the federal government in the Constitutional Court to overturn this. So is the Union for the Hotels, the Union for the Retailers. Um, there have been hundreds of lawsuits filed immediately. Now the, go- the federal government is rushing to implement these new rules come Friday. Okay. They were supposed to wait, but now with all the lawsuits flying in, they're going to rush oh. the rollout so okay. they can get get ahead of the courts because in these new rules, the courts have to close. 
Right. <laughs> so if the courts aren't open, they don't get to hear these cases. Jesus fucking Christ, that's yeah. fucking... We had that uh, March last year for like a couple of months, the course didn't work either. So, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting what's going on over here. All right. Um, and, well, there are some states like Sarland that are completely open. They're having parties and everything. Yeah. And, and their coronavirus cases are almost nothing. It's kind of interesting. It's like Florida and, and Texas and, and places yeah. in the United States. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's hard to it's hard to say, but um, it looks like with these coronavirus measures, uh, since we're over a hundred per hundred thousand, rookie numbers. We're at a thousand. Yeah, mm-hmm. our, ours is a hundred per hundred thousand citizens. Uh, the schools are going to close again. Um, I think the barber shops are closing again. Let me just check the the today's numbers. <laughs> Where the fuck are they? I mean, the numbers are better this week, but it's still like we got two thousand new cases today. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing the numbers here, but it's something like nine hundred. People per hundred thousand in Sofia, specifically. That's so, terrible. Yeah, we're opening nightclubs next week. Huh. <laughs> hey, let me come to Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, I did some math. Basically, in the last year, one in seven people had it. I mean, least, I mean, you're gonna get herd immunity. I mean, our. our you're either going to get it through the vaccines or you're going to get it through people catching it one way or the other. Herd immunity is going to be But right now it's just uh, 15,618 dead. So that's pretty bad for a country with 7 million people. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. And the people who recovered, I mean, most of them didn't go to hospitals. They stayed at home. So a bunch of them are gonna have serious problems in the coming years with coronavirus. Yeah, they they said uh, what thirty percent of people catch long COVID, something like that. Uh, so and basically, we've got two million people go through the virus. So okay, like most of them maybe asymptotically, asymptomatically, but two million people had it effectively. So let's say half of those uh, had a serious illness and 30% of those are going to be seriously hurt. That's 300,000 people. Uh, In a country where we have 2 million working people. That's crazy. Uh So right now in Germany, we've had 3 million, 3, yeah, 3,220,000 3,220,000 cases with 2,850,000 recovered with 80,938 deaths in a country of 83 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way better numbers. And I think right now we're sitting at like 11% of the country's been vaccinated. Hmm. Yeah, we have 100,000, 100 uh, 135,000 have both doses right now so that's negligible and yeah most of but people work in government 
the way that we we have to wait uh we get a we get a letter in the mail when it's our turn who knows yeah. when that when that will be yeah, yeah. yeah i just showed up and they gave me one yeah because neither before the election <laughs> neither of my parents neither of my parents can get it yeah. and i i'm probably so so down on the list being young and healthy that it'll be next year sometime by the time i get my letter i mean yeah uh where it's accelerating but basically like last month i did the math it's gonna take until night uh, 2040 <laughs> oh wow should be right in time we're on the how many is lockdown by then what on the how many lockdown will we be by that time like 40th 40th who the fuck knows uh i think we're just gonna be done with it and we're just gonna uh take all the green new deal money and invest it in coffins like i don't know? think we're ever gonna be properly done with this uh, at least i i don't know at least well, we've gotten rid of disease before or, what we've gotten rid of disease before well yes like, we've gotten rid of disease before but i don't think uh the government cares much about the disease um i think uh there's gonna be another variant and another one and another one and another one um and uh it'll be very much in the interest in the, of the government to keep us uh, in some sort of fucking lockdown eternal um nobody really wants that basically uh, except for like really people who get off on that sort of stuff but nobody who actually has a stake in anything really wants that so i think they just don't know what to do i think that's a pretty good explanation for it because there's a very old uh, bulgarian joke from the communist era from the cold war about uh, what is the the government's plan in case of a nuclear war and the government's plan is to order the soldiers to hold their AKs uh, up in front of them so it doesn't drip on their boots. And, <laughs> and the, the government's plan for the civilian population is to put a white sheet on top of them and to crawl towards the cemetery. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people kind of knew even back then. Uh, the, these people don't really know what to do. In case you, in emergency situations, there's plans and there's contingencies. But as we established uh, the first time we tried to record this, um, our emergency food supply is short 38,000 uh, tons of cheese. <laughs> so somebody stole 38,000 tons of cheese. So in case we have in case we have war and we need to distribute emer- emergency rations, uh, there's not going to be any cheese. And once it comes time to disturb, distribute those emergency rations, there isn't going to be any emergency rations. Nope. Because <laughs> somebody will have backed some trucks up into some warehouses and taken that stuff. Yeah, I mean, last year there was a, you know, there's a, Sofia has, the, the central part has these uh, yellow bricks on on the pavement. They're very special. They're very old. People are very proud of them. They're from the monarchy days. Uh, there are these little yellow bricks and the, the central streets are covered in them. And the, the city keeps a reserve of them in case of need for repairs. And a bunch of those are missing. Apparently, people have been putting them in their houses and stuff like that. Like, 
Like these are specially made bricks from like a hundred years ago, specifically so the, the the city can have them forever and keep the <laughs> fucking amazing. So that's uh, yeah. So um, I don't know if you know anything about this, but I saw that the Germany dropped from like eleventh to thirteenth on the uh, press freedom index. <laughs> I believe it. So what the f- is going on there? I have no idea. Um, the German media is terrible. I mean, they're all pretty. I think I read about uh, it was suppressing some COVID coverage. I think that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the German media is terrible. I mean, if you think CNN is bad... I mean, these people, I mean, they will do anything to make sure that Merkel is not really criticized. Um, we've had a couple uh, editors that decided to criticize Merkel and the ruling parties, and they get fired pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, I made fun of you a little while ago in the chat uh, for this podcast because we we dropped from 111th to 112th, so we only dropped one place and you dropped two. <laughs> yeah, we dropped two. <laughs> uh, Even though we're 100 uh, places dual. I mean, I'm amazed that they consider Germany's uh, press freedom that high, though, because we can't even, it's against the law to report on crime over here. That's fucking hilarious. It, it is. I mean, if somebody commits a crime, you're not allowed to know their name. Well, like and, and, it, or? and if you take a, a picture of somebody committing a crime, you go to jail. Okay, that's fucking weird. Yeah, it's they, they consider it part of the Privacy Act. Yeah, you're not allowed to film people breaking the law. That's you breaking the laws for filming them. Christ, that's uh, like shoot them. <laughs> I mean, there's guns here, but no, you're not even allowed to. You're not allowed to even defend yourself. You go to jail for self-defense over here. I mean, not a long time, but you will. There was a there was a girl in 2015 that pepper sprayed a, a group of migrants that tried to rape her, and she went to jail for that. Yeah, we have a lot of cases like that too. Uh, but, but I mean, for press freedom generally, I think the criteria in, involve a lot of uh, editorial. I mean, I don't think the German government has any editorial control over any of these companies. I think just the big publishers have their own agenda. Uh, and I don't think that counts in these types of uh, rankings. But the reason... Uh, we're so well is because like uh, 60% of the media is owned by one family and that one family happened up, up until recently had uh, a guy in parliament we talked about Mr. Pevsky uh, <laughs> quite a lot and he's that guy is just I mean you can write books about that guy I mean he's not that old he's in his 30s I think and he's involved in so much shit it's fucking scary I mean you can write his biography and send it to Hollywood and they're gonna they're gonna tell you no, that's ridiculous. That's 
<laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, so how are things? Uh, you guys just had the election in Bulgaria, right? Yep. Yeah, we had one. Uh, we will probably have another one this this year also because the numbers don't really add up for anybody. The populists got uh, second place to everyone's surprise, which means that the party that didn't exist six months ago now has uh, is the second largest party. Gerb, the ruling party, lost a bunch of seats. Uh, the socialists had their worst performance in the 110 plus years they've been around. Uh, I mean, this is a party that went from uh, getting 99% of the votes 30 years ago because they were the only party on the ballot plus another one that uh, nobody talks about. And now they have 15. So they're really dropping. Uh, the other protest parties also got in and got a lot of people in. And the nationalist parties, none of them got in. So uh, that uh, pretty much proves that uh, votes from outside of the country really matter because everybody in, in Europe and North America came out to vote. They even ran out of ballots in Austria. They had to print wow. new ones. Yeah. Um, so, but even despite that, uh, you know, the ruling party can't form a government because they don't have the seats and they pissed off everybody and everybody's ganging up on them. The second party probably won't be able to because all the protest parties combined still don't have enough votes. They're going to need at least one establishment party to support them. And if that happens, it's going to be for a very short amount of time and only to pass some emergency legis legislation. But I'm already seeing um, I'm already seeing signs that that's not gonna happen the way people hope it will because uh, the new election law which has to pass already got gutted. Uh, there's a judicial reform which is gonna get absolutely gutted. Today there was a big vote on. Uh, making the chief prosecutor, we, the guy we talked about before, the guy with the, the fucking hat, uh, show up in parliament and give a report every three months. And the establishment parties all voted to have him do it, but also have the heads of the, the courts come as well. So they don't want him singled out. They want uh, whatever. Basically, they're going to be defending him, the establishment parties, even though two of the establishment parties hate the big one and are trying to screw them, they're going to vote with them on the really important stuff uh, in in defending the, the status quo. So basically, the best case scenario right now is for early elections. Um, we're, next week, they're going to try to form a government with the second party. And if that fails, which probably will, their president's going to give the mandate to one of the other parties. And I don't see any of them being able to do better. So we'll probably go to early elections sometime in three, four months, maybe. So that's pretty much the state right now in terms of uh, party politics. But the cool stuff is that in the meantime, it's absolutely delicious how everybody's ganging up on the on the prime minister. Uh, <laughs> that's always great. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Uh, his new nickname uh, is Jipko Bibipko, if I have to explain that one. Uh, Jipko comes from Jeep, and Bibipko is obviously Beep Beep. That's his nickname because he just tours the country in his uh, Toyota Sequoia. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he hasn't been in the capital in like six months. 
Uh, somebody came up and called him that on the Tribune in Parliament. Like, that's officially on record. Somebody, the stenographer in Parliament had to write that one down. <laughs> it's in the archives forever. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Yes. Uh, and, of course, the, the new Parliament, which is really pissed with him, wanted him to show up and uh, give a report about the plan for recovery, uh, which we have to submit to the European Commission until the end of the month which he claimed before the election that he was going to let the new government do it. But we won't have a new government until after the, the deadline in the best case scenario. So he basically decided to screw everybody over. So they, they were like, no, you're going to show up. You're going to present the plan and then we're going to discuss it. And he was like, uh, no, I already resigned. So I'm not the prime minister anymore. And they're like, no, that doesn't work that way. First, we have to elect a new government. The fact that we formally accepted your resignation doesn't mean you're not the prime minister anymore. Then he was like, okay, I'm going to take a vacation because I need to work on the, the project for the new the new cabinet I'm going to be forming, which he's not going to be forming because he doesn't have the votes. So then parliament voted to for him to show up anyway. And they even voted, uh, they have the authority to order the national security service which are the people who provide security for all the politicians to drag him in parliament uh, by force if necessary so they voted for that and then on sunday he posted pictures on facebook of him playing soccer with his uh, grandchildren and on monday we get the news that he's in the hospital for knee surgery because he sustained a soccer injury so <laughs> That's so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so he is, uh, he resigned, he's on vacation, and he's on sick leave, so he can't show up to work. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I, uh, I said this yesterday to, uh, to Los Pigistus, but I'm going to try that at my job next time. Like when the boss calls me and, like, hey man, where the fuck are you? I'm like, well, number one, I'm on vacation. Number two, I'm sick. Uh, and number three, uh, fuck you. <laughs> I quit, yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that, that's the way you quit. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, this guy's been prime minister for 10 years. He knows all the tricks, but still. Uh, the Another interesting thing that happened in parliament was because the, the state of the fiscal reserve is pretty bad, Apparently, it's below 6 billion, which is below the minimum. Uh, members of parliament wanted to hear the finance minister give a report about that. The problem is that they're still using the old parliament rules from the last parliament. And there was some hiccup there because they, uh, the prime minister sent his deputy to present the, the recovery plan report. And... Uh, Parliament was like, no, we don't want to hear from him. We want the prime minister to show up himself. And they skipped over to the next topic, which was the finance minister. But the the GERP uh, members were like, no, we want to get, go back to, to let the deputy prime minister give his report. And they started making noise and disrupting the uh, the meeting. And they started shouting, uh, gangsters out, gangsters out. And while they were shouting and not letting the, the finance minister give his uh, report, the finance minister just left, and I was like, they didn't mean you, you idiot. 
Oh man. Your government is a kick. <laughs> right. He did give the report uh, a couple of days later, but it was obvious that he didn't want to. And nobody wanted him to because obviously there's a lot of missing money. The government spent a ton of money last year just from for anything. Like somebody complained about something. Here, get you have some money. Uh, anything to make the protests stop. Like... Uh, just emergency money for everybody uh, and yeah and just the, the financial management okay this party generally is fairly fiscally conservative but when it decides it wants to go full state capitalism it does and and it did last year so we're, we're uh, the fiscal structure isn't as bad as it could have been but it's not as good as it should have been uh, that's my analysis basically and we we're learning right now that uh, the public transport in Sofia is bankrupt. So oh, we're going to be spending money on that too. Uh, uh, we spent money on building uh, a new pipeline for the Russians because they were like, uh, one of our gangsters owes us billions. You better pay it back. And since that gangster yeah. has influence with the government, they're like, yeah, you pay it back. Uh, uh, we spent money on new jets for, from Lockheed Martin. We were buying some new Corvettes for the Navy. We're going to be modernizing our tanks, which I guess are all good ideas in principle, but just maybe not this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we're spending too much money on the old mix, keeping them flying. So we might as well spend that money on new, new jets. That's It's not going to be that much more expensive, but uh, it's kind of wasn't exactly the smartest uh, way to structure it. And especially considering when it happened and why it happened. It happened when Trump was about to sanction that that gas pipeline that we were burning for the Russians. He, he was thinking about sanctioning it. He was also thinking of san- sanctioning Nord Stream in Germany. But I guess Germany offered him something and we offered him to buy some new jets. So he decided, nah, I'm going to let Biden do it. And Biden is really not in a hurry to do it either. So Yet. yet. Wait wait till the Warhawks really, I mean, they're going to really get into him soon, I imagine. Especially uh, since Syria just launched that missile into Israel. Yeah, I don't know much about uh, the situation in America right now. I've kind of gave up on paying attention. It's there's, it's insane. I don't, I don't even care anymore. I don't live there. <laughs> but but uh, they did sanction some Russians, but I'm like, uh, that's not enough. I mean, we're we're in a pretty pretty bad spot right now, and uh, I'm not gonna spend too much time on Russia. But uh, have you followed the news from the Czech Republic? No, I haven't seen anything. So basically. The Czech government came up and said in 2014, when they had a giant explosion in the, in the weapons depot, it was Russian agents that did it. The same ones who posed in Skripal. And at the same time, there was uh, a couple of explosions in Bulgaria. I think I, I remember reading, uh, let me see if I can see when the explosions were. So we've got explosions in Bulgaria in 
2015, in 2014, in 2011, we had one in 2008. So all of those are suspect right now. Uh, there was one last year as well. So the Russians may be committing just terrorist acts on European soil. And that's all going to get in the next couple of months, more of that is going to come up. Uh, really, the the situation in Ukraine in 2013 really freaked the Russians out. And they were like, um, we're at war and we're going to, we're going to, no rules apply, basically. So uh, I don't see how Biden can calm them down uh, politically or diplomatically. So he pretty much has no choice but to go hard on them. Otherwise, it's just gonna get worse. Um, well, didn't uh, didn't Russia just send in their special forces back into uh, Western Ukraine? So what happened was uh, they mobilized uh, a giant number of their troops and sent them west towards uh, Crimea and Ukraine, and they uh, they accused the CIA of putting a, a coup against Lukashenko in Belarus, which I don't fucking believe that happened. Like, uh, I don't think uh, the CIA conducts those kinds of operations in Europe. Uh, not not they anymore. A, they're not. They're not. They're not that powerful in Europe anymore. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, usually when I talk about this topic, is uh, if you're a CIA agent and you want to get promoted, where do you want to get assigned? Europe or <laughs> the Middle East or South America or yeah. Southeast Asia? I mean, what? Or Africa, like maybe Africa is at the bottom of the list, but Europe is definitely second place, I think, in terms of least uh, least glamorous operations. I think they mostly do surveillance here and maybe give money to some people, and that's about it. So I think the Russians are just uh, posturing. And wasn't uh, Snowden stationed in Europe for a while? Snowden? Uh, no. <sighs> no, not that I. Not I think I know. he tried to remember something about that in his. He tried uh, to get uh, he tried to get uh, a germ in Germany, but uh, they wouldn't let him, so he had to settle for Russia. Huh. Oh well, yeah. No, I don't mean uh, like I mean in the time he spent at the NSA. Uh, I mean he worked for a private company, not for the NSA directly. So yeah, it was Booz Allen Hamilton that he worked for. Yeah, that's right. And the, and they're uh, centered out of. Uh, Florida. Yeah, no, but well, whatever. Wasn't Fort Meade in Florida? Uh, mm. Yeah, you're you're confused. Uh, yeah, I, well, there was a big fort I in Florida. I remember reading his autobiography, and he says something about, or he does have a story, I believe, about working in Europe, but I might be ris- misremembering. Uh, it's been so long since I've read that stuff. That uh, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure anymore. Yeah, Sweden was ten years ago. Holy shit! <sighs> I know. <laughs> it didn't fucking matter at all. Nobody gave a shit. He ruined his life for nothing. He should have just quit. Yeah, I mean, at least he didn't get go to jail. <laughs> yeah, but now he's stuck living in Russia for the rest of his life. I mean, it's. Not too bad. I guess the weather's kind of bad, but otherwise, they have nice tea there. It's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. <laughs> and the borscht is good. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what else did we talk about? Yeah, uh, Czechia. So that the thing that happened with there with the, the Russians blowing that up. There's a connection with Bulgaria. Obviously, there's a bunch of depots that blew up here. Apparently, the the stuff they were blowing up in Czechia was supposed to be shipped to Bulgaria because it was bought, according to the Czech government, it was bought by Gebrev, who's an, a weapons dealer here. He owns a bunch of factories and stuff. He was supposed to sell it to the Ukrainians. Uh, and the, the plan was to for the Russians to plant an explosive device, the ammo to be shipped here, and for it to explode here. Uh, apparently something happened and it exploded in Czechia. That's the official story from the Czech Republic. Debrev is denying this. He's saying that he wasn't going to be selling to the Ukrainians. Uh, but he did get poisoned with Novichok next year in his son and one of his associates. And he's been pestering the government to investigate. And the government has been like, uh, maybe you had bad recall or bad talent or something. Like, they really don't want to investigate this. Uh, so another theory that came up in the news, still very unconfirmed, uh, is that Mr. Pevsky we talked about, the guy with the pipeline, the guy with the tobacco business, the guy with uh, who owns all the media, uh, who wanted his companies. We, we talked in one of the previous podcasts about it. He wanted Gabriel's companies. He wants to get into the weapons business. And we believed back then that uh, maybe he hired the Russians to kill him for him but no apparently something else might have happened uh, a company or a group of companies in bulgaria pretended to be working for gebrev to buy the ammo from the czech and sell it to ukraine uh and that way they can make money from that and they ratted uh, it to the russians telling uh, gebrev is doing this not us so they get points from the russians for being very cooperative snitches and their enemy gets killed and they get to take over his business. So that's something that's been uh, a theory floating around right now, but still very unconfirmed. Uh, hmm. So if that if that's true, that means that this guy who already pissed off the Russians because of a previous pipeline deal that fell through and he owes them a lot of money and he had to build a new pipeline before the, the US sanctions him. Now they're going to be even more pissed at him. <laughs> so, right. I, I, we're going to know if he drops dead from a mysterious uh, food poisoning in the next couple of months we're going to know for sure <laughs> same, same with the prime minister because the prime this doesn't happen without the prime minister covering for him uh, and now that he's out of office he's useless so if he drops dead too from something mysterious we know um, and another thing that came out in the news for the same guy, he owns uh, Bugar Tabak, which is the uh, the former state uh, tobacco company. Uh, they sell a lot of tobacco to the Middle East legally, but apparently they export a lot of it illegally and use it to finance various uh, terrorist organizations, including the uh, the Kurdish PKK or the KPP or whatever it's called, uh, which means they have the Turks mad at them now too so, oh. <laughs> this sounds like a mess <laughs> yeah and they have america mad at them because of the pipeline obviously and i and 16 f-16s are n- are not going to be enough to buy america's uh royalty i think uh 
I think America is pretty hard to bribe. Yeah, I don't think that you're going to buy buy them with just a few F-16s. Nope. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Trump was on board, but, uh, but Trump isn't in office anymore. And a lot of people were banking on him staying. Yeah, I, I think it was a pretty big shock that Biden won the way he did to a lot I of mean, people. Not to me, because like I talk, talked about, the protest vote is notoriously unreliable and... If you base your political plans on it, you're going to have a bad time eventually. Uh, can you hear me? Did we lose someone? Yes, I can. Oh, hey, what the fuck? Did we lose Brian? Oh, we... What the fuck? I think uh, Brian just got Merkel. Yeah. Um... Oh, holy fuck. Okay. Uh, fuck me. Where were we? I completely spaced out. Yeah, me too. Um, something about buying America with F-16s? No, we're uh, not going to be able to. Uh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, the Bulgarian establishment is having a lot of trouble right now. Uh, internationally. I think they're running out of friends. Nobody in Europe really likes them, and Merkel is going out. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Um, well, uh, I. Is that, oh. Yeah. Um. What the hell? Yeah. Hopefully, Brian's gonna rejoin soon. Um. Because completely derailed my train of thought. Uh, yeah, me too. I just. Uh, God damn it! I fucking hate you, Zencaster. At times. Oh, we got you back. Oh. Ah, there he is. All right. Uh, did you uh, do you still have your or our train of thought with you? Because we both completely lost yeah. it. Yeah, we got worried that you might get uh, might have gotten murkled. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It just said uh, reconnecting to the server. Okay, interesting. Uh, so I don't. I don't know what happened. Uh, you were. What were you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I was talking about how the Bulgarian establishment has uh, no friends left anywhere. The Turks pissed off at them. Uh, Merco is out of the going away now. Trump is gone. Yeah, I, mean, I think we had, we had uh, one guy from the ruling party. He was the former interior minister. He got he lost favor and got kicked out uh, after a bunch of uh, wiretapping scandals. Uh, and he found a new party last year called Republicans for Bulgaria, and everybody was like. Why did you name your party that? Are you copying? Are you copying <laughs> Trump? Is that stupid? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I guess it's worth the uh, worth the shot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Netherlands, what's going on uh, there with your guys' coronavirus lockdowns? Uh well. The government is loosening them up very, very uh, gradually. So I think 
uh, next week or in a few weeks, they will completely lift the curfew. It had been moved from 8 to 10 p.m. already. Um, and then uh, terraces might open again uh, at, uh, well, a smaller capacity, of course, but it's better than nothing. Uh, but there's uh, increasing frustration here because the government keeps saying, well, um, you know, we'll reopen or we'll loosen up the lockdown by uh, X and Y date. And then we'll have a press conference like a week ahead of time or two weeks ahead of time or something. And uh, thus far, it's every, every time it's been, well, you know, we're just going to keep the lockdown for a little bit longer. Um, and we're not loosen any of the restrictions anymore uh, and we've been in lockdown since halfway December pretty much for the best four months um, and uh, the, the government is just now expecting uh, that uh, the, uh, the the infections will go down or at least the, the growth in infections will go down um, so they named uh, as their critical number uh, that there are a maximum of I think 900 people or something on the intensive care more than that and we have to keep the lockdown and less than that we can loosen up um, because it's all about the pressure on the healthcare system and those poor healthcare workers um of course, the, the medical professionals that are advising our government fucking bean counters. Um, so they're like, well, infections are still high, so just keep everything fucking locked up. Keep everything at home. Keep everyone in place. Uh, don't allow anyone to go anywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the situation. I know uh, two businesses like right close to me uh, have shut their doors permanently already and um, I know uh, quite a lot of bouldering gyms are at risk of um, going bankrupt uh, because in the Netherlands there's been in recent years a massive growth of bouldering gyms yeah you have too many uh, of those so a lot of them what you have too many of those we it's actually, a market adjustment. <laughs> well, you're not entirely wrong. We are the country with the highest density of climbing gyms uh, in the world. Um, which is probably because we don't have any real rocks. Um, so, uh, like, a lot of businesses can get some amount of uh, financial the support from from the government for their lost revenue however uh, this is based on how you did in the same quarter last year and a lot of boulder gyms either weren't open or were just barely open at that point last year um, so uh, essentially they received too little support from the government and they are at risk for 
uh, going bankrupt. Uh, and I think there's probably a lot more companies like that. I just like I know about Boulder Gyms because that's kind of my uh, my my specific area that I know something about and that I keep up with. But uh, yeah, the situation for basically any business, uh, apart of course from the big grocery store chains, uh, is looking pretty fucking dire. That's how it is here. Our, everything's been closed. Uh... The retail shops, you can order from them online, and you can go there and pick them, pick yeah. up the stuff that you want. But that's about it. <clears throat> the U- yeah, we've got a we've got a huge growth in online business here, which has been very good because I got a bunch of friends involved in that. So yeah, it's not all bad. Some uh, some things that. Should have changed years ago. Are changing now, so at least there's that. Um, yeah, yeah. Some things are, but uh, we might actually get remote voting now. Might uh, probably won't, but well. are you sure you want that? <laughs> Somebody yes. might. Some some uh, some enterprising yes. government might hack into that and change some votes around to help you guys out. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> no, but uh, the problem is that like here in Sofia, like uh, half the people don't really live here legally. Ah. You, your your landlord has to pay taxes for that. So there's, ah. you know, if which means that you basically have to travel every time you vote, uh, which is a big hassle. I, uh, so that's gonna simplify a lot of things, and of course, people living abroad. Like, if you live in uh, a country that has only one, uh, like, for example, in America, right? You wanna you live in uh, some suburb somewhere. You have to drive six hours to vote or something, because, or maybe even cross state lines, uh, because there's not that many consulates. So, and there's you know. There's 400,000 people in Germany. There's like 200,000 in America. Like there's a lot of vote, potential voters there. And mail mm. voting or e-voting is definitely going to be very useful. Um, especially considering these people don't vote the same way people vote here. Uh, it's, it made a big difference this election. So the, the hope is that it's going to continue to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can still I can still vote in the U.S. and I did still pay taxes. I think uh, I'm supposed to, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have said that. I think. Oh, uh, they could go ahead and try. I'm a German citizen and a U.S. citizen. I'll just be like, eh, I renounce my U.S. citizenship. What are you going to do now? Yeah, it's uh, it's like telling the state. I quit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I'm on vacation. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> God. Well, I mean, I you have to make over a certain amount anyways to pay taxes being an American living abroad. And I don't make over that. I've been... Mm. I've been laid off since this whole coronavirus thing started. 
my my job was supposed to come back this July, but it's not going to. Uh, well. And, eh, well, it is what it is. I mean, shoot, the unemployment benefits are great here. Yeah, that sounds, they're pretty good over here, so I imagine they're pretty good in Germany as well. Yeah, I mean, it's they're better than what people in the States get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got six months here, maybe. And it's like 50% of what you used to make, which is miserable anyway. So... Unemployment here sucks a lot. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty decent over here. Yeah, like I said, four hundred thousand people live there, so I hear a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh, everybody lives here in Germany. You, you'd you'd be hard pressed to actually find real Germans living here anymore. Huh. I don't. Arguably good. I personally uh, know maybe three, four people from Germany. <laughs> Everybody else I know is from somewhere else. Yeah, like uh, uh, like they, there's right. an old saying here about uh, Bulgaria because of our geography, because we're at a crossroads between uh, east, west, and north and south, and people say, mm -hmm. the saying is, people don't piss on a crossroad and we decide to build a country here, and the same applies to Germany. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Germany is a crossroads too. Uh, I want to come visit your country, both of your guys' countries, one point after maybe all this crap is over with. Yeah, start with the start with uh, the Netherlands. I had a <laughs> well, I did. Everything here is uh, significantly easier, probably. That's one nice thing about Europe is you can hop on a train and just be somewhere in a day. Yeah. And in the U.S., you got to drive everywhere. Cheaper. Yeah, it's probably cheaper to fly, especially now when they need passengers. I think prices are gonna be dropping. Oh yeah. Well, like I said, right now, I mean, you can't, we can't even leave the country unless you're leaving for business purposes, and you can't come into Germany unless you have a valid business reason. Yeah, yeah, which has, which pisses me off because I live right on the border, uh, and I used to go right over the border for like 90% of my groceries because booze is cheaper, meat is cheaper basically all the good things in life are cheaper in Germany um, and the Germans so all go to Czechia I was very Czechia. pissed when the border closed yep, and the Germans all go to Czechia or Austria yeah yeah that's open borders, they're actually useful mm -hmm. would have thought uh, now, if we can just get every country to do it. It's going to take a while, but it's getting there. Yeah, I think so, too. Get rid of passports and just let us travel. Fuck yes. That oh, I have crazy. a long list of places I would visit, but... If only they had slightly different governments. Like, huh. I mm -hmm. really want to visit the U.S. <laughs> but I probably won't anytime soon. Oh, if you ever go to the U.S., you got to go to Florida. Well, not right now. Yeah, not right, <laughs> not right now. Well, I mean, Florida's open. Florida's wide open. Yeah, that's that's the problem. I'm already in a, in a wide open country. <laughs> yeah, but you go to the beach. It's... We have beaches here. They're 
I mean, people were lobbying the government to uh, to subsidize Russian tourists to come over. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my list for the U.S. includes. Uh, what's that? It popped now in my head that Louisiana city. What? Oh, New Orleans. Yes, got that. New Orleans is a blast. Yeah, I want to visit that. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Colorado people and their amazing mountains. And obviously, our good friend, uh, the garbage man, keeps uh, talking about the almost heavenly West Virginia, which (laughs) they they have a game there where they stick nails in a log. And I really want to try that. Like that's some real redneck entertainment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nails in the log? What do you mean? Uh, they sit around the log and they beat nails into it as a game. Oh, I think... The Germans do that too. I think I've seen uh, that in Austria. Where did those people it's come a drinking from? game. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, uh, like you get a bunch of sorts of schnapps, at least in the, in the Aust- case of Austria. Then... Uh, you get a nail that's like hammered very slightly into a lock. And then you gotta put one hand behind your back and you take a shot and then you gotta hammer it in. Um, And then if you miss, you gotta take a shot. And if you don't miss, uh, I don't know, maybe the other guy has to take a shot or something like that. (laughs) I mean, when you you live in a place that has nothing to do, I guess that's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I live in a city with one million people. There's no boredom even in lockdown is basically impossible. Yeah, fair point. Even with the night cops close, there's still stuff to do. Yeah. Including illegal night cops, like some of them didn't close even though they were supposed to. Yeah, there's stuff like that going on here, too. It's almost like the 1920s Prohibition era US with speakeasies and in hidden clubs, you got to know the code to get in. There was one club like that here, uh, but it was years ago I visited and it was about smoking, so because they're about smoking inside, so uh, it's not a new concept. Like, uh, like it's it's amazing because culturally, Bulgarians are super subservient, but also we don't believe in fucking walls. They're posted <laughs> suggestions, so it's worst worst of both worlds in terms of uh, in terms that of that sounds uh, like an interesting combination. Yeah, we're going to follow the stupid rules, even though they're stupid, but also we're gonna do whatever fuck we want anyway. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Uh, either of you have anything uh, that you still want to get into? I completely forgot everything I was supposed to talk about that I didn't already mention. I, I think I covered uh, pretty much what, what's going on with Germany. Yeah, I mean, I, right, I covered the, mo- the the saltiest scandal, which was the missing cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, two years ago, we, somebody stole a lake here, so missing cheese isn't that much. Of a... <laughs> How the fuck do you even steal a lake? Like, what the fuck? I mean, people just use it for industrial uses beyond what they're supposed to. And it goes away. And then a city of 100,000 people doesn't have any water anymore. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
and there's almost well, they're not riots, but they're protests in the streets. <laughs> so having quarter rights is not out of the question. All right. Time. Well, that would be interesting. Hmm. Um, well, with that, uh, how about either of you uh, give out your plugs, and then uh, we wrap this baby up. Well, I'm Brian with an I. You can find me at Wilhelm der Erste on Twitter. And that's about it. That's where you can find me. I'm not on anything else. <laughs> so for my part, I restarted my YouTube channel. It's a strange stack. I talk about computers from a slightly weirder point of view uh, as a form of modern magic. So if people are interested in computer science in a bit more esoteric mathematical topics, I'm going to be covering those. And uh, the channel also has a Twitter account, @strangestack, where you can follow me because my personal Twitter account is private. And unless you're really cool, I probably won't let you in. <laughs> All right. Um, I once again, uh, because I, appeared, I just have no memory, but uh, I once again forgot to plug my Patreon at the beginning uh so i will once again plug it at the end um we at no rule libertarian which is really just me because my co-hosts don't particularly want in on the money uh which is all the better for me um have restarted a patreon uh to which you can uh donate money uh because i like money i need beer money and i need climbing gear money and i need Money for a lot of things. Uh, so for now, we only have a $5 a month tier, which comes with the uh, bonuses of our uh, eternal gratitude, um, part ownership of our undying souls. And I will contact you in your DMs uh, once monthly, calling you a nigger or a faggot or a cunt or uh a racial, gendered, or sexual slur of your choosing. Um, and, uh, well, other than that, you know, our Twitter account, go follow my hosts, uh, who I won't mention here, uh, and uh, go fuck yourself. Liberal Angelina I'm sick of it and I'm calling you out scum. Oh.